You're listening to the BYUI Mighty Oak series, a podcast that inspires students to reach their potential. We are sitting down with alumni to talk about their college experience, opportunities they took, and how they are succeeding in their careers today. Today on the podcast, we're excited to have Ayanda Gordi. Ayanda is originally from Zimbabwe in Southern Africa, where she still feels homesick for. She's the first-born child and only daughter with two siblings. She also has family in Territon Mud Lake, which is about 25 minutes north of Rexburg, Idaho, and were a key part in her success and happiness while she attended BYUI. Ayanda graduated from Brigham Young University, Idaho, with a bachelor's degree in accounting. While at BYUI, Ayanda participated in student activities where she became a social activities coordinator and director. She was also in the Student Representative Council, a student body president and council member. Ayanda has a lot of experience within the accounting field and auditing for companies like Deseret Management Corporation, KPMG, and Ernest & Young. She went on to receive two master's degrees in business administration and a master of taxation from Idaho State University. Ayanda loves to travel and honestly believes that she has been blessed with some of the choicest opportunities and experiences beyond her wildest dreams. Ayanda currently works at Ernest & Young, a global big four accounting firm as a tax associate and CPA exam candidate in the San Francisco Bay Area. We're excited to have Ayanda today on the podcast. Why did you choose to come to BYU-Idaho and what were you most looking forward to as you prepared for life here? So I I wouldn't say I exactly chose to go to BYU-Idaho. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the end I did because it's a choice that I made. But I had only, I only applied to two universities. I think most people don't know this about me, but I only applied to universities. I applied to Rhodes University in South Africa, and I was pretty confident that that's where I was going to go, and I was all set. And then a few months later, the missionaries that were serving as APs, and they were serving in our ward, they're both from Idaho. So they were over for dinner one evening, and they say to my mom, Mom, where is Ayanda going for university? And my mom's like, oh, she's going to Rhodes University. And they say to her, oh, no, mom, she has to go to BYU-Idaho. And they would not stop talking about it. Yeah. So, and every time they would come, they would say, okay, so are you on the application process? And I would tell them, well, I haven't. So one P day, they, I guess I can use this language because I am figuring a lot of the people that will get a chance to listen to this will understand these terms, right? Yes. But if you need me to clarify, I'm happy to. Oh, so one of fun. the Mondays that they have, they they created um, a user account for me, and they got all my basic information started. And then they called during FHE, and they say to me, well, here's your net ID, here's your net ID, and here's your password. Um, just go ahead and, like, work on the application. And I thought to myself, what are you doing? And so I started the application process because I felt bad that these two missionaries spent their valuable time <laughs> creating, you know. So then I was online. Yeah, I was online and I'm like applying away and I'm just like, okay, just to get this out of the way and to tell them that, okay, I did it. And the more I, were, I was working on that application, the more I fell in love with the idea. I was super new into the gospel and into the church. So I was there thinking, I was like, this would be such a wonderful opportunity to learn about, like, 
to read the gospel in like a different environment and to learn about it at a church university. And so by the time I finished the application, I guess I had fallen in love with the idea. Wow. And yeah, and so I I had, I went to boarding school. So the thought of being far away from home initially was not a big deal to me. I was like, oh, it would just be like boarding school. Uh, no, it's like a whole other thing. But by the time I got accepted, I had decided that's what I wanted. So it just worked out well that mm-hmm. I I guess I I got accepted into both colleges that I applied into, and I got to make a choice and I chose BYU Idaho and the thing that I was most looking forward to as I prepared for life at BYU Idaho honestly was just what life would be like you know as a mem- like as a young member of the church I was still in my teens I was like okay I want to see what all this is going to be like for me mm-hmm. and I would spend time reading in like the new era and the enzyme that would have like this articles that people that went to, like, people that were going to BYU or BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii, that they would write, I immersed myself, like, I researched, and I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool, I'll have roommates, and I'll have, you know, like, all the things, and, yeah, so, I was just really excited for that part of my life, I honestly did not care very much about, like, actual learning, but, I mean, (laughs) that's what I was going to school for, but I was really excited for what kind of experience it would have been, oh, it was going to be, so, yeah. Wow, that's an amazing story that the the missionaries (laughs) did that for you. (laughs) They they really wanted you to come to BYU-Idaho. Yeah, it, it is really, and one of the missionaries, one of the elders, actually, his family ended up being my family, mm-hmm. like, they're still my family, mm-hmm. they, I call, I call his mom and dad, mom and dad, and, like, all his siblings, like, my siblings now, they took care of me um, the whole time I was there, and even after I graduated from BYU-Idaho, they stayed my family, and they mm-hmm. were very involved and very instrumental in my success. That is amazing. Um, And you've touched a little bit on this when you're explaining, but since you're an international student, were there some things that you did that helped you adjust to the life here in the U.S. after you arrived um, at BYU-Idaho? So I, people that are from people that were from other countries, especially people that were from African countries, and so students, especially students that were from African countries and students that had served missions in African countries or had some affiliations, because when you're that far away from home, any familiarity with what's normal to you is very critical. Mm -hmm. So I made sure to, like, have friends. Like, I had friends, like, I have and have had friends that are, uh, from all over the world and from the U.S., but I also made sure to make connections. Mm-hmm. Some of my best friends from BYU-Idaho are people that are from, uh, they're from Uganda and South Africa, mm-hmm. and that is because those, it was really key to have people that had a little, like, some level of understanding of what life was like for me growing up, the things I was exposed to, the things that were, you know, more similar to what, they had gone through and because our experiences were more or less the same. So Mm -hmm. I drew a lot of success 
uh, in adjusting from relationships like that. But also my American family that I have mentioned, they, um, their son actually did visit Zimbabwe about two weeks before I came here to start school. So his mom, his dad, and his two younger sisters, they got to meet my family and I met them. And they, because they knew exactly where I was coming from, you know, mm-hmm. it was, they helped me in like adjusting to things like the weather, the culture, and it was yeah. so, so accommodating and so patient with me. You know, they would help me with like, okay, it's getting really cold. Like we need to make sure that you have like warm winter stuff. We need to make sure that you're well taken care of, you know, like, okay, food is going to be a little bit different here, but um, whatever you want to try, like, we're here to help you figure it out if you don't like something. So they would, like, suggest things for me, but they would not tell me, oh, you have to do this, or you have to do this. Mm-hmm. They would say, okay, here's an idea. If you want to try it, uh, let us know what you think so that, you know, moving forward, we know what works best for you and what doesn't. And so that was really helpful, and they opened up their home to me. You know, like I say, they became my family. So I would spend weekends uh at their home, I would spend, like, time away from school. When school was out, I would go home. I got to take crewmates out there for Sunday dinners and for sleepovers. So that made missing home a little bit less, like, you know, I missed home a little bit less than I would have if I didn't have them because they gave me that space to be myself and to have a home. So That's amazing. Yeah. They sound like really wonderful people. Oh, they're amazing. They're so amazing. And it's it's also nice that they gave you that, like you continued on with the family structure from your home here to Idaho. You still felt you had a family close to you. And, and I love that oh, yeah. they, they provided that space for you to not feel too much like you're alone, but you did have people, which is wonderful. And oh, yeah. so with, with family... Um, you are fine. But what about academically when you were here on at BYU Idaho? What were or who were some people you kind of drew inspiration or mentorship from as you navigated your college life? I didn't so one thing that I learned a little bit later that I wish I had understood earlier on in my college career was just you know, the resources that were available to me, like mm-hmm. tutoring and mentoring and like office hours. That was different from like the education system here is different from back home in some respect, right? Mm-hmm. So it took me a while, but once I figured it out, I, I realized that no, I can get together with students and like have a study group and I can sign up for tutoring and like if I'm struggling with something, I have tutors or like uh, TAs that can help me. Mm-hmm. So I drew um, inspiration from that. But I have an accounting professor who is one of my favorite professors of all time, Brother Patterson. And the accounting department has some wonderful accounting professors. All the professors that I had, um, I, like, in my accounting degree, they were amazing. But Brother Patterson and I, uh, like, forged a relationship because mm-hmm. at some point he served as a stake high councilman mm-hmm. in, in in the stake that I belonged to. And so I would get to see him on, on, Saturday, on Sundays, mm-hmm. and he was also my professor. So that, I, I sought uh, a lot of mentorship from him and inspiration. And Brother Packard 
was my stake president at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I drew a lot of inspiration and mentorship from him too, just because I would run into him in like the hallway mm-hmm. in the Smith building and he would say to me, okay, young lady, mm-hmm. um, have you been reading your scriptures? Have you been saying your prayers? Mm-hmm. And so to have somebody who was like interested in my spiritual life, who was also invested in my academic success, um, that was such a unique thing to have. And so I drew some inspiration and mentorship from that. But yeah, so I think those people played a key role, just like uh, as far as professors go. Mm-hmm. I am trying to think there are probably like a lot of other people that I I drew inspiration and mentorship from. But it wasn't really until like later on that I was like, oh wow, like I'm actually here to get an education mm-hmm. so that I can be ready for the next yeah. step. Like I actually need to step it up, you know, mm-hmm. because. Initially, I was just like going through it like, oh, I'm, I'm here at school and I'm not, you know, but as time went on, I was like, no, this is life. Like, I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do this right and make it count. So I was a little bit late, I promise. So it's it's surprising I turned out this way because it wasn't yeah. always like this. But you've you've mentioned so many things um, in just those few sentences that are very valuable, I think. And even right now, you're saying that you probably realized a little bit later that, you know, this is this is happening. This is school. But I think that goes for every student. Um, You it takes you a while to find your feet in college. And especially, you know, as an international student, it's, it's even more commendable that you realize the resources that are available to you earlier and draw upon that um, from that resource and it helped you, you know, achieve all the things you achieved. And I think your experience is unique because your teacher is someone you saw over the weekend, which means it humanized them. Because I think as students, when we look at our teachers, they're like, oh, he's my teacher, he's a professor. You know, they're unapproachable, but you were able to have that different informal meeting with them um, outside of right. the classroom. And I think that helped um, you achieve, you know, everything that you needed to because you could still be like, okay, yeah, I saw you in class, but I can actually talk to you about other things right now that, you know, I might be stressed with. And I think that's the beauty of BYU-Idaho. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I guess I can also if you if it's okay, mm-hmm. there's some other people too that I drew inspiration and mentorship from mm-hmm. as I navigated my college life. And some of those people were students, but some of them that were uh full time employees. Mm-hmm. I I worked um so I I worked in like a couple of different departments. And I also got a chance to volunteer a lot. And I had a coordinator who has made such a big difference in my life. His name is Nate Watson, Nathan Watson, and he's just the best. He, he, like, he encouraged me to grow and he gave me, like, the space to, like, be myself and to be the kind of leader that I was. But he had no problem calling out on my nonsense. And that was, like, a biggest blessing. I did not always enjoy it when he would say, okay, Ayanda, you know, 
we need to talk. And he would say, okay, like, you're doing great, this and this and this, but you need to be more patient with people. Or, like, he would, like, you know, tell me areas that I, I could work on. And it wasn't always nice initially, like, when, like, nobody really enjoys correction all the time. No. Okay. So, but he was so good and so patient, and he made me, he helped me become a better person. And because of that, like, him and, like, his wife and kids, like, I just love them all, like, uh, they have become like part of my family too. And I had other people, like I had a lot of people in my corner, if I'm being real. Mm-hmm. Like I had, so I had him, I had like, uh, I had Alan Johns, I had Keith Harris, who was the dean of students he then. Wonderful. He was wonderful, yeah. And I had Gus Hall, who was a VP then. And I had, uh, Rihanna Javney, who I helped with some honors. I sat on a council with her. And I had Eliza Heimers, I had President and Sister Clark, I had bosses, I had uh, Lene Porter, I had Ruby Whittaker, I had uh, Kevin Allred. So I had people in my corner that were just, you know, I had people that uh, were student body presidents that I served with, you know, uh, on their councils, and those are people that just, you know, out there doing stuff. And I was like, dang, I did not know I could volunteer and be involved like that. I need to step it up. So, yeah, I, I, had, I had a lot of people in my corner, and I am grateful for that. And I love how you, you mentioned you were involved um, in things on campus. And looking into that, as you look back now, uh, post-grad, what are some lessons you learned that can help the current BYU Idaho students? I I will go back to what I said is that I did not leave initially I wasn't living my best college life as in I wasn't seeking all the opportunities that were out there for me and part of it I think is because I did not know such opportunities existed right mm-hmm. so I would encourage students to do their homework, find out all the things that happen on campus and then figure out, okay, what could be of interest to me? I just don't want, you know, it's okay. Education is like your main thing, but I think the whole purpose that we're on this earth or even at college is to become as much of a well-rounded person as we can. Mm -hmm. So get involved, find things that you're passionate about, you know, they BYU Idaho, when I was at BYU Idaho, there were a lot of things that happened. They had, they would put on concerts. So if you're into that, then find concerts that you want to go to over the weekend that, you know, that you enjoy. Find shows, you know, participate in different uh, clubs or I don't know what they call them now, you know, societies. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whatever that brings you joy. For me, I, I had a lot of semesters that I made it through because I was involved in other things that were not school. Mm. And it's interesting, but like those semesters that I were, that I was busy, I remember there was a semester where I was serving as a student director. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was over at SRC and, mm-hmm. and I was the Relief Society president and I had 18 credits. Wow. And for some reason, I had, I had, I received permission to actually work mm-hmm. 20 hours, which when you're serving as a director, as a student director, it's not allowed. So, mm-hmm. and so I was the busiest, but it also ended up being like one of my best semesters because I was constantly involved in things that were outside of myself, you know, mm-hmm. other than school. 
other than actual classwork, I was involved in things outside of myself. But looking back, those were times that I grew and I was stretched, you know, but I also became a version of myself that I would never have been. And I got to learn and associate with people that, you know, I would never have imagined. So I would say, put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Find out what's out there. Figure out what you might enjoy and then just go for it. I I was like, you know, like, you know, a young, coolest girl from a country in Africa that people don't even know about, right? <laughs> and then I went from being that to like this girl who sits in like president's council every Monday. I I sat in meetings with the university president and all his vice presidents and the dean of students and all the department heads every week. And everybody that was a president or a head of something, they were priesthood leaders. And I was just, you know, a young student from Africa. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you, you know, I, so, and those things wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been out there saying, okay, what can I do? I, so just, that's one thing I learned. And that's one thing President Club taught me too, is that you have to raise your hand. Opportunities are out there. But if you don't step up and say, I want, I want to help or I want to, I want to try this, then they're just going to go by. Mm-hmm. They won't come to you. You have to go looking for them and then make yourself available for them. So that's what I would, I would say to, you know, current students mm-hmm. have a life that is outside of schoolwork. There'll always be schoolwork, but try and also enjoy your life while in college mm-hmm. by doing things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so after you, you finished with um, BYU-Idaho, what did you do? So I finished and I had an offer to do an internship with a global big four accounting firm, EY. So I moved to Kansas City, Missouri, and I did an internship. I was out there for four months, and then I received a full-time job offer, but I wasn't quite ready to take it yet, and so I decided I would go back to school, but I didn't go back to school right away because I received another internship offer uh, with the church, and it was with the for-profit side of the church, the, all the businesses that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. owns. I was doing internal audit for them, and that was an amazing experience. I worked with some wonderful people that I still talk to, and it was such an amazing experience. And then I went to school. I went back to school, and I did a Master of Business Administration. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated, and then I went to work for EY, and in Kansas City, and then I left after a couple of months mm-hmm. and went to work full-time for the church to help with some special projects. I went to work for the church again, and then I went back to school and did a Master of Tax for taxation, mm-hmm. So, and then now I'm back at EY. So, wow, that's so I guess I always, yeah, I always come back to EY. That's amazing. And because accounting is your profession, um, what kind of some of advice you can give to students who are thinking about taking on an accounting major or students who are already in accounting and thinking about um, doing a master's in that field? What are some things they can kind of look out for or prepare for? I think the first thing that I would say is 
never discount anything. I, when I was in undergrad, I, I had no, not even the slightest desire to do a graduate degree, to get a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. I did not even think. So those are some of the things. Life, whatever Heavenly Father has planned for you, it will always manifest in itself somehow. I did not ever think that I would work for a big four accounting for like firm. I, first of all, I didn't think I was qualified or smart enough. That's the first thing. And then I did not think that I would ever get a graduate degree and now I have two. So I would say put yourself at every advantage for whatever opportunities that might be out there because you never know what you will want or what you will need when the time comes. I just so happened to have all the qualifications ready that allowed me to make those, to have those experiences when they presented themselves or when I decided that, oh, I need to go back to school or, oh, I, I want, actually want to apply for a job with a big four. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I had the opportunity to interview with three of the big four and I got offers and I chose EY because mm-hmm. I love EY. But I would say, you know, work hard. I, I, I think that's like, like, you know, advice that everybody hears all the time. But it is true. Like, put yourself at the best part possible to be, you know, to be able to grab any opportunities that come your way. So, yeah. I love that. And now that you're working at EY, what's your typical day like? I wish I had a typical day. <laughs> that would be nice. It is so different. So I'm at EY and I'm um, I'm on what they call the diversified staff path. Mm-hmm. So I don't focus on one area of you know of tax work. Mm-hmm. I do different. I, I assist on different engagements. So mm-hmm. I am currently I am on state and local work state and local like a, an engagement that deals with state and local tax but I'm also helping with international tax services and in, uh, three engagements actually that deal with ITS international tax so it's different it's I wish I could say there's like a typical day yeah, every day is different wow. yes so I, I have days that I have to go to the client side and work on things there I have days where I spend in meetings just because there's things that need to get done, but before they can get done, a game plan has to be put together. Mm-hmm. I have days where I spend chasing after people to get information, mm-hmm. and I have days that I question myself as to whether this was a good idea, you know, mm-hmm. you get so overwhelmed and you have deadlines and you're thinking, oh, I just want to take a nap, but, it's, you know, it's like 10 p.m. and you still have a whole lot to go. So it really is different. I have days where I start the day with training, you know. So there's like a lot of different things that happen. It's it's unlike anything, that's for sure. There's just so much going on and there's no, you know, set thing that you can say, oh, I Today, I have this going on, you know, you have to be prepared to have your whole day go the total opposite of what you had planned or what you were hoping to work on because deadlines are going to come at you like crazy and things that 
they think they're going to be more agent than what you would have wanted. So, but really, yeah, there, there hasn't been a typical day for me. Mm-hmm. Keeps you on your toes. <laughs> it does. I think that's part of the excitement, I guess. You know, you never really know what's going on. There, yeah, I guess, yeah, it depends. When I'm away at training in, um, in St. Charles near Chicago, mm-hmm. then it's pretty much easy going because, you know, I'm just going to be in training, you know, in training from eight until five. So mm-hmm. there's that. But when you're actually in the office or at the client site, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is wonderful. Um, so what do you love most about it, about your job? Oh, I love, um, man, I love EY, if I'm being honest, and this is not a very popular opinion amongst people in Big Four, but EY has been really kind to me so to speak. I have some of my, you know, I've had like some really cool experiences because, because of EY. But I love, I love the people. I work with some really fun people and I enjoy them, you know, and I have met and made some wonderful friends because of EY. And I love that I get to travel. I'm, I have, I suffer from like a bad case of wanderlust. I, I love places and I like to see places and experience new things and new people. So that I can be in a job that gives me opportunities to travel either for trainings or for conferences or for work is it's really cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. And and I love that, you know, being in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like I'm in Silicon Valley, so I'm like right in the middle of it and I've yeah. gotten opportunities to work on some really cool clients mm-hmm. that I'm like, no, there is no way this is my client but it has been, and it's it's really cool. Like you know, like these are like companies that you know have services that people use all the time. But like mm-hmm. their brand names, you know, everybody knows about them. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's my client. So I love that, and like you get to see a lot of the companies that are like startups, and kind of be able to tell that oh they're gonna be big, oh they're gonna be big. You know, and sometimes they end up being big, but sometimes they don't. But it's been really cool because. There's like so much innovation and development going on, and because I'm in accounting, it's like there is involvement at some point, and so that's been really cool. Wow, that sounds really exciting. Um, I think a lot of people are gonna want to apply there now because you've really <laughs> sold a wonderful thing here, and it's, it's exciting to hear. Um, a company that helps you grow in that sense and helps you see all these wonderful things. That's really good. Um, it is, yeah. And so you mentioned at the beginning how you value uh, hard work and just putting yourself out there. Are there some values that you have lived by um, that kind of keep you going? Yeah, so I have, I have, I think, the one big thing for me is setting boundaries. So there are things that I will tolerate and things that I will not tolerate. Mm-hmm. And especially in this line of work, it's really important because you can work so hard that you lose track of why you're even working. Mm-hmm. And that takes the fun out of it. So, and not every day is going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. when I feel like I need to take care of myself, I have no problem. You know, reaching out to my um, 
my counselor. So here at EY, we have counselors. Everybody has a counselor, and that's somebody who's there to just like help you. Somebody who's at a higher rank than you are, mm-hmm. or a manager, a senior manager, and they just help. They help you with. So as to say, like your career growth, like where do you want to be, what opportunities should get you there, are you enjoying, you know, like your experiences and things like that. So, and I have been blessed with like a really great one, so I can talk to him about stuff that's going on and what I need, and he's always happy to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, let's do that. Oh, no, don't worry about that, you know. So I set boundaries. If I feel like I am giving way too much and it's going to cost me, in the long run, I, I raise my hand and say, I just need to step back. I can't, like, you know, I need to step back. So that's boundaries is, like, one value that I, you know. But the other thing, too, is staying true to who you are. Mm-hmm. I have found that to be, like, very important because when, you know, I work with people that not all the people that I work with hold the same values or beliefs mm-hmm. that I do. So... Just because people are doing something, you know, we go to a lot of these out-of-town trainings and meetings, we have happy hour and things like that. It's so easy to, you know, to be like, oh, these people don't know what I believe in, or these people don't know what, I, you know, and I'm just going to do this little thing, you know, and nobody will know. So, but, you know, I, but I don't, I just, I have just made those, like, I made those decisions a long time ago that, you know what? I won't, I won't drink, I won't, you know, I won't do anything questionable, I will keep my dressing standards, you know, at a certain level, and so those are some values that I hope, you know, that I've made sure, but at the same time, I also respect that people are different, like, just because I live my life a certain way, I don't expect everybody else to, you know, live their life that way, because they have their own values, and that's okay, like, if they're going to allow me the space, to be who I am, mm-hmm. then I need to res- to respect them enough to allow them the same safe space to be who yeah. they are and not expect them to live by what I live by. So I love that. I really like that. And this is one of my favorite questions to ask because I always get more out of it. Um, what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that is a good question. Man, what is the best advice I've ever received? I would say, so I had, when I was at BYU-Idaho, like I mentioned, right, I, I had the opportunity to work closely with Elder Clark, then President Clark. And he and his wife, they have, um, I've, I've stayed in touch with them. You know, and one of the things that he's told me, we were talking about um, a, a very specific topic, mm-hmm. but one of the things that he told he told me about, and he was giving me advice, and you know, and he said to me, "Well, are you praying about it?" And I say, "Yes, I am, but it's just hard." He's like, "Well, you have to pray about it, but you also have to work for it," you know. Mm-hmm. And I I value that, and I think that's something that applies to like a lot of the aspects in my life because sometimes I get so focused on praying for something that I forget to, you know, take inventory of what I'm actually doing to get that thing that I want. Or I work so hard and just think that, oh, because I work so hard, I deserve it. Mm -hmm. That I forget to actually, you know, 
ask Heavenly Father to be a part of it, you know. So I, that's advice that I truly, you know, like he said, yeah, you have to pray for it, but you also have to work at it. Like, you know, put yourself out there and work for it. So that's something that I, I'm not, I'm not successful yet in like implementing that in my life, still working at it, work in progress. But I really, really value, um, that's like, to me, that's like the best advice that I've received that, you know, I can't just think that because I'm, I prayed hard for it all because I worked hard for it. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. I have to do both and do them to the very best of my ability. Wow, that's good advice. I'm, I'm going to take that advice too and, and work on it. It's very wise. Um, and so towards the end of the podcast, um, I like to keep things a little bit interesting and find out like more about the person outside of you know academia or career wise Um, because I know as individuals we have a lot of things that we're curious about things that we're thinking about that have nothing to do with either our lives or um, the places that we're in so what is what what is something that you've been curious about Ayanda lately could be anything Oh, wow. I am curious about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like to know things, and that can be a good and a bad thing, depending <laughs> on, you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. But I am really curious to know, you know, if I get married in this life, I want to know who I'm going to get married to. That's something that you know I'm like I'm really curious like to know what my future looks like you know like what kind of family am I going to be what are my kids going to be like like I just that's something that I'm like curious about but I also get really excited about like just a thought of it I'm like oh I wonder what he'll be like you know I wonder what my kids will be like so yeah so that's something that definitely I'm curious about I love that like you kind of want to get a preview before the day and time exactly, comes. Exactly, <laughs> right? You know, like it doesn't work that way, but I'm like, oh, but I would like to know. I, I'm like that with like a lot of things. I'm like, oh, I just really want to know, you know. I really like that. That is very unique. Um, and to kind of close off, is there anything, Ayanda, that people don't know about you that when they find out, they'll be surprised? Yeah, I think... Well, people that are my friends uh, probably know this, but people that don't know me really well or that I haven't, you know, spoken with, people that just, like, look at me and hear that I work at a big four accounting firm Mm -hmm. think that, like, I am so good at accounting. (laughs) But I did, yeah, I did, so I did accounting for six years in high school Mm -hmm. and back home in Zimbabwe, high school is a total of six years. Yes. And I was horrible at accounting. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so depressing how horrible I was. So when people find out that I work in accounting, let alone a big four global <laughs> account for a big four global accounting uh-huh. firm, they don't, yeah. So people, when they find that, like, when they find that out, they're really surprised that yeah. I, like, cause I was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, really, sadly, so horrible. Mm. And that's one thing that people are always like, no way. (laughs) But I was horrible. Let me tell you, I was really bad. So that's one thing people usually 
uh, surprised about. So yeah, I I can I can think that's like one of the things that people are really surprised about that I that I know of, and like the other thing people get surprised about really is that I do my own hair. I guess I'm oh. cheap like that for the most time. No, like I I will braid because <laughs> like I. Yeah, I braid my own hair, and people are like, I'm like, no, how did you do that? How about in the back? I'm like, you just do it, mm-hmm. you know. We'll carry on so, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like once you start, then you have to finish. So, wow. find a way to get it done. That's amazing, actually. Those two things, I, as your friend, did not know that. So that's <laughs> that's amazing. Actually, you have you have skills there. And obviously with accounting, I mean, even though you think you were horrible, you had many years to perfect your craft and and that's why you're where you are today. So that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And I'll say too, like the kind of professors or teachers that you that you have will make a difference on you mm-hmm. because you you have teachers that even when you're being horrible like that they will choose to see you as you can be like, you know, because they're so passionate about it, they will choose mm-hmm. to see you as somebody who understands it. So they will work with you until you get there. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be teachers that will decide that you're not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like they're just not going to waste their time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not faulting either or like necessarily praising the other, mm-hmm. but I have, I have had boards. I've been exposed to boards. I had teachers that were just like, nope, it's just not going to work out. And as a result, I hated accounting and I could not stand it and I just could not wait to be done with it. And then I had teachers that just were so good at being patient and explaining to me and trying to figure out where the disconnect was. And that's when it started clicking for me because they figured out ways to try and help me, you know, make sense of it. And that made all the difference. So, and definitely having the people in your life believing you it goes a whole long way. Like my family, they believed I could do it. Mm-hmm. And there's something about people believing in you that makes it so that you want to prove them wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like people that, you know, like people that mean a lot to you, people that you love and who love you. If they believe in you, you want to, you know, prove them right. So I, I don't know how it works, but you want to work hard and like Definitely. this has been true. Yeah, you know, this has been true for me when it comes to my family. Like my family believed that I would be, you know, mm-hmm. where I am now and I am here and I have a very supportive boyfriend who just like, you know, like encourages me mm-hmm. and tells me I can do those things and I have done some things that I never thought I'd be able to achieve and I'm, and I'm just like, oh, you know, you must be good for me, yeah. you know. So there definitely is something to be said about having, like, a strong support system, you know, that they acknowledge when you, you know, when you fail and they're there for you, but they also, you know, keep dreaming for you when mm-hmm. it's become too hard for you to dream for yourself. I love that. I was actually going to ask you if you want to leave um, any advice for people, and you've you've shared that beautifully. Um, finding people that are willing to invest with you and you hold on to them. Really sound advice. Um, thank you so much, Ayanda, for your wisdom and your story. Um, I mean, we're never done learning, but you, you have received a lot of wisdom from the experiences that you've had uh, at school and out of school right now. Um, and we're excited 
uh, here in the alumni office to see what else that is going to come out from your life that we can rejoice for, even though we can't see Aww. the preview. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. You've been listening to the BYUI Mighty Oak series. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring our alumni.